Tandem Nomads, episode 216. And keep, keep believing in your dreams. Your voice needs to be heard and your vision deserves to be honored. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Dereghi. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. I'm really excited to bring you today's guest to talk about the journey of entrepreneurship, also building a business that's scalable beyond your person, and particularly talking about a very spe specific industry, which is psychology, where a lot of people and a lot of psychologists might struggle sometimes to see themselves as entrepreneurs. So to talk about the spirit of entrepreneurship, I'm excited to welcome to you today my great guest, Vivian Tiona. Vivian, are you ready for this? ride. Yes, I am. And thank you, Mel, um, for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here with the Tandem Snowman community. Oh, it is my true honor to have you here, Vivian. Nomad Nation, let me introduce you in a few words to who is Vivian. She is the founder and director of Expat Nest, in, and she's a psychologist specialist in both child and adolescent psychology and health psychology. As a bicultural, a multicultural, uh, and multilingual expat with family all over the world, she is familiar with the blessings and the challenges of a mobile life, and she offers a quality professional assistance to clients with expat-specific challenges. Vivian has been recognized in the 100 most inspirational women in the world for 2020, as announced by the Women Appreciation Women Organization. This is quite an achievement, Vivian. What an amazing journey that you had. I'm so excited to share your journey. I think we have so much to learn from it. Can you before, this is just a short, short overview of who you are professionally, but before we get started into what got you to start your business, Expat Nest, this platform that's a global platform with over 20 therapists and you cover a lot of languages across the world, such as English, Greek, Spanish, Arabic, Chinese, Italian. What an amazing journey. So we're going to talk about what led you to to being where you are today. But before, I'd love if you could give our listeners a little bit of an insight of who you are and your, your personal background and how it led you to being where you are today. Yes, yes. Um, actually, um, I was born in Greece by a Greek father and an Assyrian mother. Uh, Assyrians are a minority in the Middle East with no country. And this is why half of my family is in the States. The other half is in Australia. My godmother is from Brazil. The other one is from South Africa. So indeed, I have lots of like international background things. I, I feel at home where, where diversity is. And uh, so I spent my childhood mainly in Greece. And then when I was uh, 22, I moved to the Netherlands, uh, where I went there to have my master's. And I have said, you know, the, the usual expert story. I'm going to say just for one year. And <laughs> it's like, like almost 15 years later. And uh, I started there. I managed to find a good job back then. And then I decided to start Expert Nest back in 2013. Um, this is the main information about me. I mean, I can tell you more about how uh, I got the idea and the inspiration of that. But I think for the personal life, I think the fact that I'm international myself 
I think I just combined the science of psychology with the art of my heart, which was always in diversity. Yeah, I love that. What a rich background you had. And just to make sure I heard well, uh, your mother, you said, where is she from? Uh, my mom is of Assyrian origin. Assyrian. It's, it's not Syrian. It's Assyrian, but they're a minority in the Middle East uh, with no country. I don't know if you know from history about the Assyrians and the Babylonians. So Assyrians still exist, but they are a minority almost in existence. And that's why I wanted to mention it, because they have no passport, no country, nothing. So I don't know for how many years they will see be as Assyrians. But um, yeah, I, that's why I always mention it. Most people no, don't know or have never heard about it. But yes, I'm proud of my origin and I wanted to mention it. I'm Um, so glad that you brought this up because I do think that um, a lot of the global nomads here might might not identify, but at least uh, have a sense of how in terms of identity, it must be sometimes difficult. And I think it's important to bring awareness around this as well. Yes, yes. And also to like whoever comes from a, a minority to be proud of that. Yeah, that's really important. So thank you so much for sharing that. So could you tell us then a little bit about your professional background and how did you get to start Expat Nest? Yes. So I have studied psychology and then I've decided to have my master's in child and adolescent psychology. And then I decided to have a second specialization in health uh, because I I really believe in the body and mind Uh, spirit connection. So um, then I did further training in intercultural psychology. And then I had lots of my training, uh, lots of my trainings online for the Council of Europe. And then I decided to combine all of them into a new organization, which was mine and called ExpatNest. The idea uh, came to me when I was on holidays back in 2012, I think. Uh, so I was swimming, like I was in, in a beach with my boyfriend back then. And he was swimming and I was just looking at him. And I, I don't know, when the news comes, you just have to be open to it. And the idea came that I wanted to do something because I love my profession so much. And I wanted to do something with no borders. So I discussed with him immediately that I want to do something with no borders, just exclusively online. And he immediately said to me, wow, that's a brilliant idea. Of course, the world back in 2013 was not, like the idea of having an exclusively online psychological practice didn't was not common at all. Mm-hmm. And especially with the languages and all of that. Um, but this is what I wanted to do because I thought, I said to myself that, you know, in a perfect world, those who relocate or remain abroad or repatriate Ideally, they would have access to resources and support. But in reality, I would see from my experience in in the school that I was working back then that there are many challenges and people often are, you know, facing challenges that are unexpected and overwhelming. So I wanted to do something with no borders because I have felt that our population, which is an invisible population sometimes, the ones of expats, internationals, um, some they didn't have access to high standard uh, mental health services, either because of uh, the language barriers, barriers, or because the lack of specialized services were 
they were located, or stigma around mental health, or a gap in expat focus support. So I said to myself, okay, I live in the Netherlands. There are some services, but there are experts around the world who perhaps do not have that access. And I think my vision back then was just bigger than me. And I wanted to enable, you know, the access of like supporting experts, no matter where they are, in whatever time zone they were. And for me, that was the most important. And I said to myself, it's time to prioritize the mental health of this invisible population and in my mind back then that was the easiest way to do it in order to you know make it accessible to everyone no matter where they were yeah so so interesting you were at the forefront even before i remember even in 2015 when i started tandem nomads i talked to so many psychologists and one of the objections to building a portable business was oh but psychology is different first of all you can't do marketing but also you can't make it portable because of the licenses and a lot of things like that. And you're the living proof that it is possible to not only be a psychologist for global nomads, but also to build a portable business out of psychology. Um, and I was wondering what would have been your answer to those objections that I mentioned? Yes, actually back then, I must say that, uh, I was also like thinking, I was saying to myself, Vivian, are you doing a mistake now? Like maybe you need to hear the people around you that are telling you that it will be easier to just start your practice in the Hague, in the Netherlands where you are and just make your life easier. But I had that vision. Really, Amal, it was like a fire burning in me. I couldn't stop it. And I said to myself, no, I will do it. I will. I have said, you know, I'm going to invest this amount of money and if it doesn't work it doesn't work if it does perfect but for me anyway my goal was to I had that mission in my mind okay if there is one person behind their screen who wanted to feel happier calmer and I knew that I was the right person for them then okay my mission will be accomplished so I had started small in the way what I wanted to do Mm-hmm. like big and small at the same time because when you start something online you know it's most likely it's going to become big, big in terms of reachability but for me my mission was always you know I had that one person behind their screens that I would like to make to make them happier uh, but back then I must say I also you know initially had some doubts but when I made my business plan and I've discussed it with some people that I trust and I said to myself you know there's no way back I'll do it and whatever happens, happens. I believe in it. I knew that I could help people and I just did it. So I would say to them, you know, look where the world is now and how things have changed. Um, and of course, now is the pandemic and this has become almost the mainstream. Exactly. Of course, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that in person, of course, in-person therapy has other benefits, et cetera, but I'm just talking for the benefits of online counseling right now. Yeah. So Vivian, you've said so many good stuff here that I want to unpack. Oh Mm -hmm. my God, I don't know where to start, but there's so much nuggets that really made me relate to all the conversations I had with so many of the listeners, Tandem Nomads. I just want to, first of all, talk about this thing that you talked about from the start, which is you had a vision, you had a huge vision. And I remember hearing you say it was even bigger than me. 
And the best way to start was to then simply start small and focus on the one person rather than get overwhelmed with a big vision while still believing in it, despite the fact that some people might have told you this is not realistic. Mm. Yes, yes, exactly. And whoever is listening to us right now, when they're doubting whether they should do something or if their dream deserves, you know, their attention or their focus, etc., I would say, yes, there is a reason you have this dream. But of course, it's not just following your dreams or your intuitions, but also, you know, as I said, make a business plan, have a calculated risk. I'm, I'm a person of calculated risk. I don't like, you know, big jumps and uh, having, you know, lots of debts in order to start something. I would say, you know, start small and safely or start big, but safely. Oh, this is good. So let's talk about that. Could you tell us a little bit about the first steps that you took? You talked about investment. You talked about, so what are the things you needed to invest in? And what are the first steps you took um, mm -hmm. to, to get started? Yes. Actually, back then, I spoke to, uh, obviously, I started my business in the Netherlands, so I had to find a good lawyer and a good accountant. Uh, for me, these are main tips that I would give to anyone. Have a good lawyer and a good accountant to begin with. And then I, I listened to lots of podcasts. I've read lots of books around entrepreneurship. Um, I've hired a business and marketing coach. Actually, it was Stephanie Ward, I think. Uh, she's also like very well known in the international community. Nice. And I love her. Shout out to Stephanie. She's a great yes, friend as well. In, <laughs> Indeed, indeed. This is amazing. And then I also spoke to Joe Parfit because I wanted to have an editor. It was very clear to me that because my idea, the vision was, you know, to increase mental health awareness. As I said, it's time to prioritize the mental health of this invisible population. So I wanted to have a blog in order to, you know, increase awareness talk about important expert challenges and how to address them, etc. And because English is not my native language, I thought it would be, um, I think it would be better to have an editor. And although I had no income at the beginning from that business, I thought from the beginning that it's important to hire an editor. By the way, even if it was, let's say, because Greek is my native language, even if it was in Greek, I would still have an editor because I think each person, you know, has their own specialization So it's always better to have someone who knows how to write blog posts and what is important. Of course, everything that is on the blog is me. It's my voice and I write it. But, you know, my editor, Renata, who was recommended by Joe Parfit, is always, you know, polishing the articles and she's, she's my right hand. So mm -hmm. I would definitely encourage, encourage these steps, especially for those who want to do something that is beyond one man or one woman business. Yes. So from the beginning, you knew that you wanted to build a business and, and you wanted to become an entrepreneur and had this big vision. It was not just about being a psychologist. It was building a platform and a business that could have a worldwide reach. And, and having clarity on that goal that you had, I think, is key to than knowing what you're ready to commit to for the next step. So I think that's that's really important distinction that you just made here. It's mm -hmm. more than a one-woman show that you wanted to build. Yes, but, you know, yes, because, I mean, in my family, most, most of my family members are entrepreneurs themselves. So in a way, I have grew up 
I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs. So for me, this came naturally. But on the other hand, I think you have to be flexible where life is taking you. I hadn't imagined the whole thing. Yes, I had the vision, but I didn't have that clear plan with all these languages, etc. It's just that six months after I launched Expat Nest, I had an accident and I had to do rehabilitation for a couple of years, you know, for my back and my neck. And I had huge medical expenses, really, no matter how much money I was making was not enough for the expenses I had back then. And then that led me to the the solution of, okay, what do I need to do to have more income right now? And I said, okay, I'm going to have more people in the team. And then, you know, I started with Greek and then it was there was need let's say for spanish and then chinese and and this is how it has grown to that current like to the present shape that it has i haven't envisioned back then i haven't pictured it as it is now exactly yeah. i knew it had i had the vision but i didn't know how exactly yeah so so for those who are listening here i think it's important to remember that quote that i love is that start first and then perfect later. I think that's the important thing. And the second, I would still want to insist on one thing that you said that's really important. And I have a whole episode about this. I always say you want to build an army around you when you want to succeed in business and you have built an army of experts, of professionals, the accountant, the lawyer, the editor, the coach, so that you can start with the right foundations. Even if you didn't have all the plan, you knew that if you were surrounded by professionals, you would have all the need that you, um, everything you need to be able to, to build the solid foundations to get you where you needed to go, to, to well, be. Right. And actually, I think in my view, that's the best way to invest your money. And, but obviously, you have to trust also your intuitions. Ultimately, you're going to be the one taking the decisions. Nobody will know mm. best your company than you. Of they course. will be there to consult you, but you have to take the responsibility. And the reason I did it this way back then is because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I want to do things, you know, <laughs> in the best possible way, but also it's because I'm a person of integrity. And for me, it's essential to offer psychological services of high standard. And in my mind, I had to do all of this in order to ensure that it will be at the highest standards so I can stand firmly behind everything I and my partners offer at mm-hmm. Expert Nest. Perfectionism. <laughs> so we, we often talk about uh, perfection. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really interesting. So what the other thing as well that I love that you insisted on this. It's not because you surround yourself with the professionals that you put the decision on their shoulders. At the end of the day, you have to trust your own instinct and make your own decisions. It's like you listen to people's advice and then based on everything you have on the table, you make your final decision. And that's a very good advice that you're sharing here. I think it's important. And that's what makes mm-hmm. you an entrepreneur, right? At the end, you need to learn how to listen to your intuition. Uh, yes. And nobody else than you knows what you have to do at the end of the day, for sure. Mm-mm. Exactly. But I wonder, you know, that I've been working with so many um, entrepreneurs and one of the biggest of like hurdle for those who are who really want to start a business but are still unsure a lot of them a lot of people struggle with this um, fear of investing 
I don't know how you actually took the courage to invest that amount of money. And, and what do you want to share with those who hesitate with investing? What are the things you think is important to know uh, that can help make that decision, but also, you know, take the courage to do it and, and commit to it? Yes, I think, as I said earlier, you don't have to invest much more than you already have or you're ready to, to loan, let's say, to have a loan for. I'm not a big believer in starting with a debt that is stressing you out and things like that. Yeah. I wouldn't do it this way. Sure. But I think it's worth investing uh, to the amount that you feel comfortable or a little bit discomfortable, but not too much. And to know, because the cost of something is not only the financial aspect of it, it's the emotional aspect of it, you know, on the psychological level, on a physical level. There are many other costs involved. So I knew, for example, that, let's say, I'm not good at finance. Like, I mean, of course, I had to educate myself to run a business and to know the basics of finance, but it wasn't my favorite thing in the world to do the invoices, et cetera. I knew I had, I had had a good accountant that would pay extra to do also the admin part of this or about the blog, as I said earlier. So it would take me hours to, let's say, do all the editing, et cetera, in which in that hours I could go, you know, out there and search for clients or talk mm -hmm. with prospects. So I decided, okay, I have this amount of energy. What do I need to do in which part of that I'm most productive? And as I mentioned to you, like six months after the, mm -hmm. the, the launch of my business had the accident, and I had a very limited amount of energy and time. So I, had, I was saying to myself, okay, you have these hours. What will, will make them more effective and productive to you? That's and so I think smart. if you ask this question, either because you have other obligations in your life, etc., you will have much, much more clarity on what you're good at and what you really need to focus on. And also what brings income to your business, because at the end of the day, you know, uh, cash is king or queen, depending on, <laughs> on who is listening to us right now. And obviously, a successful business needs to have money in, yes. coming in. Yeah. So the investment, I love what you just said here. By investing, you're not just, it's not just about the money. It's also about creating the space for you to be able to earn money by not investing. You're actually, it's true. Like if you had spent all the time of blogging and doing everything on your own, you would have not had the time to actually make money and find clients. And this is a huge, huge one, I think, to remember. Um, but I don't want to overfly over something really important that you said um, about the, your experience with the accident. And I thank you for sharing that with us. I want to give it a space where we actually appreciate something really powerful about your journey, Vivian. Um, I know so many people who could have had this accident and just give up on their dreams. You mm. didn't give up. Uh, so what has helped you to stay focused on your goal and, and still be able to continue to be mindful about your energy, about your health? We're not saying that we need to give up on our mental and physical health and you know it better than anybody. Yes. And that's really important. And I remember mm. we, we became friends over the years and I always noticed how important this was for you. And you were very transparent with me for some time telling me, listen, this is a time where I'm taking care of my energy. I just wanted to mm. let you know, et cetera. So you're very good at that, but you never give up on your goals. So how to balance that, how to make that when we have such a hard 
experience, like an accident that actually puts you in a really health, um, a terrible health situation. How did you find that courage to continue an energy and, and mm. determination? Yes, I think, okay, I'll be, I'll be honest with that. Of course, there were many nights that I was crying in my bed and I say, why this has to happen to me? And then of course I had to shift, you know, and why not? Why this wouldn't have happened to me? I'm a human being and everything is possible to humans. So for me, it was an accident for something, for somebody else is a different struggle. Um, but, you know, I think after that difficult and dark place that you are, you you're just craving for a change and also there were nights that I was in my bed and I was thinking that perhaps all the dreams or all the vision that I had maybe won't happen if my body won't recover fully from that accident and you know my doctors back then they were telling me Vivian you may have to accept that you're going to live with this quality of life and maybe some chronic pain etc and I was saying to myself no I'm going to turn every possible stone in order to to change my life and the quality of it. And I knew that apart from my vision, I knew, I knew I had to earn more money. So for me, it was not necessary. It was a choice. Yes. But uh, it couldn't go without it because I knew I will, I would try, I have made the commitment to myself that I will do everything possible to fully recover. And I needed also the money in order to fully recover. And when I, when I finally did, I said to myself, okay, now you have, let's say, a second chance in life with a physical state that you want and the mental state that you want and everything. So what do you really want to offer in this world? And for me, that was the most important. And I think because it comes so authentically from me, I think people feel that when I talk to them about the services, because really it's not only about money and all of that. Of course, a business needs that, but it's okay. Are we the right people for you to make you happier or to change your life? If we are, okay, you, you have, look no further. You have your answer and we'll do everything we can. I don't know. For me, it's important for each person to find a meaning in their lives. And for me, this was part of, of my meaning back then. Because also, when I think when you suffer so much this is when you realize what is really important in your life and I said to myself okay if there are other people now suffering so much I manage I, I don't know what my future you know lies but I knew that at least for that difficult period of my life I've managed to find a solution so it's time you know to pay forward let's say and help others so inspiring this is really powerful Vivian And, you know, one thing that you said as well, and that's why I believe that for me, entrepreneurship is more than about money and business. Money is super important and committing to making money is important. Being diligent mm -hmm. about uh, how we're doing it is important. But the one thing that keeps us going really far is our um, mission statement through our businesses. And you had a powerful mission statement that not only helped you become a successful entrepreneur, but also make an impact for your clients. Despite the challenges you are going through, you find that courage, thanks to that mission statement, to go through your own challenges. Yes. And I became also, that's why I navigate my life and my work with love, kindness, and respect. And that awareness that are, are limited, that we all have limited time in this world. And today is all we have. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to make it count, either by serving others or, you know, 
uh, for me, for my own journey to discover other things, etc. Mm. I love it. I love it. And um, one more thing about this experience that you had, I don't know if you would agree, but based on what I heard so far, I have the feeling that this accident was actually a propeller for you because you were rest, you had to stay in bed for so long and take care of your health. It has forced you to find a way to grow your business and scale it outside of you um, much yeah. maybe faster than if you just didn't have this accident and just, you know, took the time to do it on your own before you started reaching out to other psych therapists to join the, your network. Yes, actually, that's very possible, Amel, because um, I had I was in bed and I was listening for hours to po like podcasts mm -hmm. uh, for whatever topic, either for you know for your own like building your own business or for psychology or other topics that I was interested in, and indeed that helped me. Um, I had lots of time to think and also to see what really matters, as I said before. And because you mentioned about money before, in a way I was liberated because back then I knew that regardless of how much money I had or didn't have in my bank account, account it made no difference. Mm -hmm. So from that mindset of, and that kind of liberation, I was fine, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to take that risk anyway. It doesn't really matter what's going to happen. Nothing can be worse than this, let's say. Uh, so I'll do it. And Yes, and I was just taking risks. I think that it just helped me feel that, okay, I have nothing to lose, so I might as well try it. I love it. Oh, my God, this is so good. So could you take us a little bit through um, some of the more, like, I think it's important for me to understand that mindset is everything to be able to succeed as an entrepreneur, and everything you shared right now is showing the power of your mindset, how it led you to being where you are now. And I always say, you know, this entrepreneurship, it, it is this balance between process versus the journey. So we have to acknowledge the journey and trust the journey uh, with this strong mindset. But there are sometimes some maybe tips or things pragmatically that you put in place to build Expat Nest and make it this huge global network of therapists serving, you know, people around the world. So what are the pragmatic things that you um, took action on to be able to start building this platform right because it started as a one man one woman business now mm -hmm. it has turned into this organization with the committed partners uh, counselors editors etc um, at the beginning as I said you know from the practical level of the finance uh, lawyers and all of that for me these are all important for psychologists to have all their necessary registrations one really important thing for me was to make sure that I have the necessary boundaries of my own limitations or of my partners, like collaboration partners, limitations, etc. And also to choose carefully my strategic alliance partnerships. Mm -hmm. I think for me, on a pragmatic level, it's very important when you start your business to have strategic alliance partnerships with people that you trust, that you have similar values. And sometimes it's not easy, you know, at the beginning, you have to spend a lot of time to explore who are these people? Do you really have the same values? Can you really partner with them? Mm. And I mean this also internally within ExpatNet, but also with, um, business, with, with businesses outside of ExpatNet. So we just collaborate 
or that we, you know, give referrals to each other, etc., recommending one another. So I think for me that would be the main, the main thing. Strategic and again, on, yes, I think it's very important. And also to always plan for unexpected expenses, to do a lot of saving from from the beginning. And also, when you have to make decisions as as a, an entrepreneur, to always uh, try to consider all parameters involved. Mm. And I have this kind of principle in my life that whatever decision I'm going to try to make, not to exclude all the other possibilities involved. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds a bit complicated, but I'm trying, you know, always to see whatever decision I have to make from multiple perspectives and then trying to, to decide what's best. I love that. And that's just like, that's what being an entrepreneur is about, right? Being able to, I think I, I always hear this thing that as an entrepreneur, you take risks. And I often say, you don't take risks as an entrepreneur, you manage the risks. You, you evaluate what are the parameters, as you said, and then measure, you know, the risks for each. And then based on that, make a decision. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Especially about the risks and also have people around you that you trust and you know that they will give you their honest feedback. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think everyone needs to have someone that they really talk to and have a mentor or someone you trust, etc. That's, that's really important. So th- I want to talk about a couple, I, I don't want to spend too much time on marketing strategies, but there's two things I want to highlight of what you did that you mentioned. The first thing that you said was to get started, you started a blog to bring awareness. I do believe in the importance of content marketing. And from the forefront, you started that and that helped you bring awareness. Um, being consistent with it, I saw how consistent you are as well with it. And this is really important. And the second strategy that you mentioned is strategic partnerships. And I think this has been of this, the one of the pillars of your success. I've seen you in action and saw how beautifully you're good at building amazing relationships with people and building that trust. Is there any advice you have to know um, how to find, but also how to nurture the relationships so that we can build really powerful strategic partnerships? Yes, to be honest, I, I mean, obviously, that's a skill to learn and practice about networking, etc. But I don't do networking for the sake for the sake of it. I genuinely am interested in, you know, new people, new ideas. I just love that. Hmm. And I think that's important that to do it genuinely, to do it in an authentic way, because the other person feels that. And then you develop it as any other relationship. But you talk, you explore, you try things first together. And if it works, you, you, you take it to the next level. And also for me, it's always important to know who is the right person and for what, uh, resp- for what task and what responsibility. Mm-hmm. I love that. This is- yes. And I'm always trying to be very careful regarding recommendations, referrals, etc. I have this thing and I say to myself, okay, would I refer my sister to this person? If the answer is no, I wouldn't refer anyone. Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, I would do it. This is so good. And which tells me hindsight also one thing that you're saying here. If you want to receive referrals, you also want to give referrals. 
And, and that's something that's important, right? Not only to give referrals, but make sure that you're doing it authentically and that truly believe in that person. Um, and and it's, it, it, comes back, it comes back to you, sorry. So I'm pretty sure that you also receive a lot of referrals because first of all, you're building genuine relationships and you are very transparent and authentic, which then helps you as well. Um, you know, it's a full circle. Right. And when you said earlier about marketing, yes, the blog helps, but I think the best in our profession, at least, is also the word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So if you do your job well, then these people will tell their friends and then friends and it goes and then they're going to tell their friend in another continent. And this is how it grows organically. And sometimes I think that's the best way to have loyal clients who are there and who are going to tell the friends and all of that. For me, at least, that I love this kind of marketing strategy, actually, which is not a strategy, it just grows organically. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the reasons as well I wanted you to come on the show is because you are a great example of a portable business that's scalable. I remember one of the other objections I had when I started my journey teaching people that you don't have to start a business locally, make it portable to make sure that it is viable and sustainable on the move and with no matter what lifestyle you want for yourself. Uh, but the, the objection was like, yeah, but I want a big business that's scalable and that's not portable and you're the living proof that it's possible. And I always say portability comes, first of all, from the right legal setup. That's another story. But uh, the second thing is the right um, technologies, and the third is the right business model. And you have built a business model where the business does not only depend on your time because you've built a network of other therapists um, that you can um, you know, distribute the clientele to. So can you tell me how that does that work? How did you put this up together? Yes, as I said earlier, it just started because of, of me not having very limited time and energy because of what has happened back then. And then obviously you need to have, you know, specific protocols in place of how decisions are made within the company, what kind of rules we follow as a company, what kind of um, mission core values we have. And then you make this clear like in your team and then they try in a way to be multipliers of these values. And for me, this is very important indeed because let's say, when somebody is served by me or a colleague of mine, I want to ensure that they get exactly the same high standards. So there's another thing that as well happened um, throughout this journey is I could see not only you would, I mean, we've known each other now for probably five years and the more, uh, the, the more I get to know you, the more amazed I am by your journey. And year after year, I see you growing. When I met you, I think you only had two or three languages. And now you're over, I think, five or six languages and more to come. Um, so you kept expanding. And one of the things that happened as well is that other people noticed you. And you also got recognized as one of the top 100 most inspirational women uh, with this award from the Women Appreciation Organization. So congratulations for that. This is huge. Thank you. Huge. Thank you so much. So tell me more about how this happened. <laughs> yes, actually, when I received that email, I thought it was a spam. I know it sounds a bit hilarious, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't expect it, you know, because I was doing what, what I always loved and I didn't necessarily expect the recognition. 
especially because when I started it, yes, Expatnest was a was a novelty back then, especially in Europe. But then you know other companies start doing similar things, etc., or different things in online counseling. So I never thought that seven years later I would receive any kind of recognitions about the novelty or the idea of Expatnest. So for me, it was a huge honor and pleasure. Uh, apparently, someone who has seen our services, nominated us to this organization. And then the committee checks my profile, et cetera. And I just received that email. This is, for me, that's what I know, like how it started. And of course, I, I phoned to London. Uh, it was March, 2020. It was actually one of my last trips before the pandemic started in Europe. So <laughs> actually we were like 100 women, like more than 100. And in one photo, I was now, I had the blog post of Expat, at Expat Nest about that experience. And we were all these women squeezed in a picture and how it looks so far away, you know, after a year of, of the pandemic. But yes, it was a huge honor. And I think it's proof of doing what you believe and keep believing in your dreams. And as I said earlier, that your voice needs to be heard and that your vision deserves to be honored. And you don't know who is going to honor you for, to be honest, sometimes it's not about, it's not about the award. I never dreamt of that award. Of course, it was a huge pleasure. I, I was over the moon when I received it. I had like a crazy celebration dance, which I shared on social media about it. But for me, the biggest awards is the, the tears of joy of my clients when they say, oh, you, you've changed our lives or, you know, expertness team changed our lives. And they say, and they just give us this heartfelt thanks. Mm. This is the biggest award. This is amazing. And Vivian, I want to commend you for this as a friend, as a peer, as a colleague. It's so inspirational. But on top of it, I want to thank you for sharing this part because I hear so many times you know people who are saying okay how can I get how can I get exposure how can I get featured how can I get I think there are ways to do that pragmatically uh, and I teach that however I always always insist with my clients the most important is to just do the work just stay consistent do the work focus on serving and it will come if you're consistent. Consistency is what will, and serving from the heart is what will bring the exposure at some point, like that breakthrough. Absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And also in my profession, at least as a psychologist, we have to be careful also how much exposure you ha we have. Mm -hmm. And I say that because, you know, I see so many psychologists sharing the ins and outs of their lives, which actually, unfortunately, like we have, or fortunately, we have some code of ethics that we have to follow regarding how much exposure we can have. Mm -hmm. We're not, let's say, how can I say? Yes, in social media now, everybody ha can have their, their public figure, their per persona that they want to have. But let's not forget what exactly your job is and why you're doing what you're doing. And this is what matters. It doesn't matter if you're going to have, let's say, 10,000 followers on your social media but few clients or if you're not serving them in the way that you should be doing because you're focusing more on another aspect of your of your business i think of course social media and the whole visibility and promotion are all good i'm all in for this but let's not forget what is really you're meant to be doing 
I love that. I love that. So we could continue to talk to you for hours. Your story is so inspiring, Vivian. So just to finish this episode, I'd love to know if there is any big challenges that you had along this journey. What have you learned from it that you would like to really make uh, our listeners today um, benefit from? Yes, obviously, it's all, all the things I've shared so far. Mm-hmm. And maybe I would like to add about having self-care as a top priority mm-hmm. because I think we live in a world where being busy is almost like, okay, oh yeah, you're successful because you're busy. For me, that's not necessarily part of a success um, because if you're busy with no boundaries and then this has a cost on your physical and mental health, what's the point of that? You cannot do your job as you should be and you cannot offer the world your best, the best version of you. So for me, self-care is a top priority. And I always try to keep it in mind. Of course, it's not always easy because, for example, right now, psychologists, most of us are overstretched because there's so much work Mm -hmm. uh, because of the pandemic. And obviously it's easy, you know, also to let the care in you take over. But I always try to remind myself, okay, self-care as a top priority. We need to put our own oxygen mask first and then to help others. Yes, it's very important to to define those boundaries. And I think if we struggle, again, I never say it enough, it's important to get help for that. Mm -hmm. And what better place actually than your platform, Expat Nest Vivian, to get mental support when it's too hard. So tell us what is the best way to find you and and how do you actually help your clients? Mm -hmm. People can find us through our website, expatnest.com or via social media of Expertness, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn. How we help our clients, actually have an easy process. They just contact us and we have a free 15-minute call in which we explore further and we make sure that our service is at the right fit. If they're not, we refer them to the right, you know, specializations. And if they are, we do our best to help them. And we have different uh, specializations in, in our team of psychologists you know, different focus groups. We work with uh, adults, with teens, and with parents of all age, like of children of all ages. So depending on what the need is, then we match them with the right counselor and then we help them. Thank you so much, Vivian. Nomad Nation, I hope that you were as inspired as I was by Vivian's story. And um, if you want to know more about her, make sure to go to expatness.com. But I also have a lot of uh, other information about her on the website, uh, the webpage of this episode, tandemandnomads.com slash 216. Thank you again, Vivian. It's been a wonderful uh, journey to get to know you. Thank you for being part of my world. And thank you for being taking the time to, to be here and share your very inspiring story. Thank you so much, Amel. It was such a pleasure for me to be here. And I think it was one of the first interviews that I just spoke as, as a businesswoman rather than just a psychologist talking about a specific mental health issue. And it was very nice for me actually to do that. I really enjoyed it. And I want to say that I'm also a follower of the Tandem Nomas and what you do. I really admire your work and the community. So I I thank you all for being always very supportive and for offering 
what you do for the international community. And also on a personal level, Amal, I really hope to be able to see you again in New York or yes. in the next Families in Global Transition Conference. Yes, or somewhere else in the world, we might be moving again. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but FIGT is a platform in where we have met Vivian and I, and oh my God, it's always a pleasure to meet you there. And, um, and I hope we'll get to be in the same space very soon as well. So thank you so, so, so much, too. Vivian. <laughs> okay. Thank All right, Nama Nation, I, I hope that you got a lot of inspiration. As I mentioned before, don't hesitate to reach out to Vivian. She's uh, got so many great uh, also resources on her website. And again, go to tandemnomads.com slash 216 and you'll find all the information there. Stay tuned, Nomad Nation. I'll see you in the next episode to turn your challenges into great opportunities. <laughs>